to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello Barons, today's podcast is brought to you by Ping and in particular the new G710 irons. These game improvement irons deliver unbelievable distance and outstanding forgiveness. But what we love most about these irons is their black finish. More correctly, they have what's called a hydropearl chrome finish with black PVD coating, the former making them incredible in the wet and through the turf. Yep, the G710 irons look so sleek it's ridiculous. If you're wanting to add some serious swagger to your kit without compromising on performance, you've just got to check out the Ping G710 irons. They're available now. Philbert, have you seen these beautiful looking irons? I haven't. They look like little rocket ships. (laughs) Damien, to be completely frank, they look fantastic, but not surprising. Outstanding. Now, we're starting, almost getting into a love, so let's just kill that straight away. We love to kick things off, ironically, with our hates. And this week, Phil, what have you got for me? Andy Warhol, 15 seconds of foam. Damien, the Muppets who can't stop themselves calling out, get in the hole, or Baba oh, Booey, or all that other all crap, but particularly, oh, particularly mashed potatoes. Really? Have you not heard that? Oh, God. No, I heard that called out at a Wiggles song, a Wiggles mm. concert. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, 18th hole. You're bouncing around. What's going on here? Tommy Fleetwood, yeah. 18th hole, second shot into the 18th hole, needs birdie to force a playoff. Eagle for the win. About to start his backswing or about to start his downswing mm-hmm. and cops a get in the hole. It's deliberately there to put him off, isn't it? 100% either Bad complete, sportsmanship. I was going to use words that I probably will refrain from using. but No, but, please do. No, I really won't. <laughs> Must have either been designed to put him off or someone so stupid and full of themselves, mm. desperate for the little Andy Warhol moment so they can talk about their 15 seconds of foam and say, Dal, Dal. Did you hear me on the golf coverage? I was the dickhead who potentially affected Tommy Fleetwood's shot. Now, Could to Tommy Fleetwood's credit, no, didn't notice it. You're a big Tommy fan as well, aren't you? So this is particularly upsetting you. There's a Well, I'm a big Tommy Fleetwood fan, and obviously it led to some other conversations involving a Zinger and a couple of other commentators. Bless but you. from Tommy Fleetwood's point of view, you know, we talk about Baroness, and we'll talk about some Baroness behaviours later on, is that the traditional attitude would have been yeah, I heard it, and it put me off. And Tommy Fleetwood's attitude is, didn't notice it. I just didn't execute the shot perfectly, which actually talks more to exactly how esteemed he is and why I have got a crush yeah, on him. We do like that modesty. Yeah. We do. But, Damien. You, you, just imagine you, him, and don't uh, say Brooks. Tommy and Brooks. <laughs> don't say Brooks. Don't say Brooks. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, fantastic. Now, for me, Phil, so that was, that was a hate that you, you've gone pretty – you got a bit soft on it, I reckon. It was a mild hate. You, I have. It was a mild hate because it really does my head in. And if, in fact, if I had have been at that tournament and standing next to aforementioned Baba Booey type, you would have looked down on him and said, "That was inappropriate," <laughs> and I would like you to refrain from doing that further. Well, well, Phil, my hate this week is something a little bit different. It's for I hate people who are obsessed with their own golf swing rather than their swagger out on course. And what I mean by that is, is I mean, this relates to, to the responsibility we all have as a playing partner. And you often see it with a lot of high handicappers who, who feel like um, when they're playing with a lower handicap, 
player, they feel maybe it's a, it's a it's a pressure they feel or perceived pressure that's actually not not there from the lower handicapper, and they're sort of more worried about. So they so because they're worried about that, they take so much longer with their swings, or they have practice swings, and then basically all we need to do, all we need to be as a playing partner, is just be fun. I mean, who doesn't want to play? Who doesn't want to just play with a good bloke or a good person rather than a good player? Do you know what I mean? Like- I have a solution. For, I know exactly what you mean. And, and the pressure of, one, the fear of if I'm an ordinary player playing with a good player, and Which we spoke are. about yep. if I'm a, if I was to be an ordinary player playing with a good player, you know, that, that implied am I worthy, am I worthy mm. versus, you know, and from a good player playing with an ordinary player saying what are they doing in my group, neither of with, which really exists on the condition that, the playing partners all have a little bit of a swagger and my solution and not that this is a game changer solution and one that I just came up with in this age of social media and apps and ranking, we get Uber rankings. Uber rankings? So why don't we get player partner rankings? So within your handicap, so it'll say, so next to your handicap, it'll say 24. This is a game changer whether you like it And then it'll have good playing partner ranking Mm -hmm. because it will. Yes. And you'll be on on a scale, you'll be 4.7. I like it. Out of 20, 10, 5, whatever the case may be. But let's say they're out of 5. Let's embrace the Uber thing. So it's all out of 5. So now when I'm putting my name down with someone, I go, let's see, they're off 15 or 1 or 30, don't care. 8, they're a 4.9, I'm in. Not Uber, but swagger. Can you tell, if you had a timesheet, tell me that you wouldn't, if you had a timesheet in front of you, tell me that you wouldn't immediately scan down the timesheet and say, I'm a 1, I'm looking for a game. Hey, there's 2.4. Two 4.8s playing together. I mean, yep, like it. Or like where you're going? A 2.1. I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I mean, and this this sort of way of thinking was has sort of been validated for me recently playing with a guy off who's a scratch golfer, a really good golfer. And he was saying, he, he's exactly, he basically echoed this whole sentiment to me and said, all you need to just be fun, just be enjoyable to be around. Don't take your game so seriously. Just be fun to play around. He couldn't care less if you're off 30. You could kick, I think his words were along the lines of, you could be kicking the ball along the course and not being slow and just being a fun person to be around with some cool stories and all the rest of it. That's what golf is to him, which is what golf is to us. So easy, that's a hate. I want to get rid of that, people. Add some more swagger, less concern about your swing. Be a 4.8. Be a 4.8 or higher. Or higher. Outstanding. All right, Phil, done. I feel cleansed. I feel cleansed. How are you feeling? Reasonably cleansed? I'm feeling like I've just come up with one of my few good ideas ever in my life. Time for some love, Phil. Uber golf ranking. Time for some love. What have you got? I love this demonstration of wit. Wit. Well, thank thank you, sir. I appreciate it. But in an age in an age of the I suppose the the rage culture or abuse yeah, culture yeah, that outrage culture now where everything's everything we have to get upset about. I love wit. I love wit, and this one came about because of a zinger, and because of a zinger's comment. Mm. Is this Paul Zinger? Uh, Paul Zinger, after my darling Tommy Fleetwood, unfortunately put one in the water after an American dickhead yelled out. Bless you. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm not sure what was going. On. I just had a conniption. That, yelled out, get in the enough, hole. That was your word for the week. As he was, <laughs> that's right. As he was attending his downswing, and Thomas Bjorn's. I don't know whether you saw Thomas Bjorn's tweet. So Paul Azinger declared, paraphrasing, that well done on winning all around the world, but you're nothing. I might yeah, embellish this a little bit, but really, to be anything, you have to win on the PGA Tour mm-hmm. because Tommy Fleetwood hasn't yet won on the PGA Tour. Thomas Bjorn, we love a bit of Tommy. We love Thomas Bjorn. Thomas Bjorn tweets, looking forward to watching Francesco Molinari or Frankie Molinari or whatever yep. his bloody tag is, 
Looking forward to watching Molinari defending the biggest win in his career this week at the Bay Hill Invitational. And it was just so pointed. It was just so pointed. What's a claret jug, hey? Because what's a claret jug between friends? And particularly given that Azinja finished one stroke behind Feldo in the Open Championship, knowing that it's a championship that he hadn't won. I think Thomas Bjorn won was supporting the European Tour. But I think it was a remarkably pointed sledge Sharp. at Mr. Azinja. Just about that. But it was fantastic. It was immediate. You know, it wasn't five hours afterwards where he sat at home and got his scriptwriters out. It was just something that floated off the tongue and immediately responded to by a couple of other European tour players about poking the bear. But it, gee, it sets up a fair event. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For me, Phil, I have a love this week. And it's a love that, well, that you and I are not. But I love playing alongside flushes. People who can just absolutely crush the ball off the tee. Uh, recently, again, played it was actually the same scratch golfer I was just talking about earlier. Flushes it, just does not mishit it. Even when he says he's mishit it, you just see that ball flight and it's just incredible. I love playing alongside people who can play and seeing it firsthand. So one, I'm hurt very, very deeply. But two, I agree with you completely. <laughs> this idea of playing with good players yeah. is the absolute aspiration. And this is why we have to have the player ranking. Because me being a 4.1 but pursuing yeah. 4.8, yeah, but 4. you in the doesn't three. necessarily have to be a flusher, Phil. No, but that's the point, is if I can make myself, take myself from 4.1 to 4.8 as a playing partner, mm. you've got a bit further to go, then a good player, when I put my name down with them, will immediately say, yeah, hey, we're in for a great day and I'm, I'm going to flush. Yeah. If he has toilet paper, that's thanks to Corona. There's I mean, a problem. There is a bit of a toilet as paper as shortage. You can find it or do the bushy, but flushes are just outstanding. <laughs> that was a I've shit comment, Phil. It is just magnificent to see any sport played at its premium and golf is one of the very few sports where you actually get to be a part of it. And I was having a conversation about this just yesterday that – in racing car driving, you can observe, but you can't ever do. Yeah. Okay. Ice hockey, you can observe, but you can't ever do. Can be. From an NBA point of view, you can't ever play. I, I'll never have the opportunity of shooting around with LeBron James. The second Football, the football's the same. Backup goat. Yeah. Soccer, you'll never play at Wembley. Yet I can go and play golf at Royal Melbourne mm. with a scratch marker or with a professional or otherwise. This is It's just another opportunity that this game it's presents. It's the best bloody game. It's girl. the best game. Everyone else can get stuffed. This number one game, grow the game. How about grow the game by just realising how, how shit hot it is? It is awesome. And love the opportunities it. that it presents. So good love. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Damn, good love. You've got to love a love. And, uh, you know, th this sort of talk, it changes games. <laughs> it, it changes games rapidly. It does change games. Let's move on to game changes, Phil. <laughs> oh, Damien. Damien, as I gaze out down the 18th hole, it's going to matter at the National yeah, we really should take a photo of this. We are, and we will have a photo of this. This is, could be the greatest spot to date that we've done a podcast from. I mean, we're still waiting for the invitation to Whistling Straits mm -hmm. because waiting. we've already got the table set up there. We just don't have the invitation to get there for the Ryder Cup. But we have been looked after by Ever down at the National and given a table perched high above the Ardent Hole at Gunnamatta looking out over Bass Strait, and I'm about to start welling up. So can you take over? Okay. Okay, Phil, my game changer this week, I think, is a really good one. It's a little bit different, so bear with me. I think you should, as a group, play off the ladies' tees once a month. What? Which tees are the ladies' tees? The forward tees, shall we say. Well, some clubs – hang on, hang on. Some clubs – Forward being progressive? Some clubs are progressive. 
that like to talk about them as the forward tees, but many clubs still call them ladies' tees. Is that okay, Phil? So is the game changer the fact that they still call them ladies' tees or is it about playing off forward tees? Well, really- if you'd let me get to it. Okay. And, uh, okay. No, I no, it's a, good, it's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, I'll is. shut up. Yeah, a little bit. No, I'll shut up a The lot. whole idea that I'm tossing towards you right now is that we you, you play off <laughs> Blue Barons is back. That we play off the shorter tees in order to put more pressure on your scoring clubs. And if you do, do it as a group, I guess it's kind of a way to teach you to not be afraid to go low. Like you hear a lot of people talk about trying to break those barriers, trying to ba- break 90 for some, trying to break 80 or 70, mostly 80, 90. Taking that on and trying to break those barriers by shortening a course, which can often be the barrier for a lot of people. I just think it, it can change your mindset. It's a really important way to, to change your thinking when you're out on course and not be, having more birdie putts and realising they're like any other putt and all that sort of stuff just to change that mentality a little bit. Do it once a month. Do it with the, all your mates. So you're all doing it. Obviously, it's not going to happen in a comp, but I just think it's something that will really change the way that people will approach the game from when they're further back again. So what I really like about that suggestion, Damien, an excellent game-changing suggestion by you. Once I finally spat it out. Is that the USGA and RNA, who are very avid listeners to Tenuous Link's podcast, should have paid close attention to what you just said from a point of view of playing shorter clubs and scoring clubs into greens. Mm-hmm. Because if they try and wind back the distance thing. Well, it all comes back to this, doesn't then it? Then it yeah. all comes back to So they try and wind the distance thing back. Okay, well, I'll counter the distance thing by you wind it back, I'll play a forward tee, and it's the same net result. result it's yeah. the same net effect. Because I agree with you. I, I think it changes the whole way you view a golf course. I think conversely that every now and again, maybe every month or every second month, Make the course harder for yourselves mm. by going off the back tees. I won't call them the any particular gender tees. I'll just say tees. the tiger tees. That's right, because heaven forbid they are of any particular colour. But the longest tees that you can play on the golf course or the shortest tees you can play on the golf course because you actually then start to see the nuances of course design, mm. I think, a lot differently and the idea of course Absolutely. management a lot differently. And course management is the one untapped thing I think that exists in tuition, I think it ex- it's the one untapped thing from an online point of view is actually teaching you how to play and where to go, like how to navigate your way around a golf and, course. And of course, you'll be playing from different spots than what you're used to anyway. So it actually helps you to play from all over the course rather than just, you know, if it's if your local club, you're often playing from the same spots because you know how to play that course. Well, you in effect, you're playing a different course. Well, the other way would be to, as I'm sure, and I'm still not sh- convinced that I saw this, but when Tiger Woods was warming up the President's Cup, he was hitting shots and then looking at his yardage book and then pulling out a different club and hitting shots. And I remain convinced that he was rehearsing. his way around the course. He he hit every shot, pre-hit every shot, assuming that every drive went to where he wanted it to. So the other way, Damien, that from a game-changing point of view, may well actually be to get out your GPS and to say, what is my favourite rangefinder? But let's do it in a GPS because you need to know front, middle and back, not just where the pin is, and actually say, if 100 metres in is my absolute best distance or if 80 metres in is my absolute best distance, what do I need to hit off a tee to get to that 80 metre point and therefore start to think a little bit more like a pro? And Kipper might say, well, that's just not how they think, but then again, I'm not convinced that caddies think either. So, But to actually map, I want to be 100 in, what club do I need to hit to be 100 in as opposed to it's par four, I'll hit driver. Yeah, exactly. No, no, if I want to be 100 in and the, and the hole's only 280 metres, yeah, I'll still hit driver, but mm-hmm. you would hit six iron. So because you want to, we both want to be 100 metres mm-hmm. in. 
So it's actually just changing the way you look at a golf course. So whether it be playing the forward tees, which I think is genius and something that I'd love to do, conversely playing the, the back tees or saying, no, today I'm actually just – I'm literally going to plot my way around the golf course. I'm going to be 100 in from as many holes as possible and then just see what happens to your scores. Yeah, and just don't be afraid of going low. It's one of those things. Don't that be afraid of going low. That, that is a tattoo or a T-shirt. More of a T-shirt than a tattoo. Is it more a T-shirt? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit permanent for a tattoo. It's a little bit. Now, yeah. Phil, that was my game changer. Play off the shorter tees as a group. What about you? Have you got something for yes, us? Absolute genius. Absolute genius. So I I'd spoke like to about. Say it was my, I've on. spoken about my playthrough flag. You have, yeah, ad nauseum. As, as potentially too much mm-hmm. as one of my great, truly great ideas of all time. This one is about taking the game of golf and introducing it to another sport. Oh yes, we like hybrids. This. Yeah, we like hybrids. This. Hybrid sports. Our first experience with hybrids, Damien, was a bit of golf skateball. Wasn't great. It wasn't great. Let's no, the honest. game needed refining. <laughs> it, it was crap. It was no, very poor. No, no it, was. it was entertaining rubbish mm. is what it was. So we'll explore One word too that. many. But golf tennis. We love golf tennis. On it, on it. So one was the interstate golf tennis, which I think was just a stroke of genius. That was epic. That was good. But actually playing golf tennis on a tennis court, and we were very lucky that, that we had a very rural and rustic tennis court that didn't mind having divots taken but with a tennis ball and where the rules got refined and then you think about frisbee golf which is good and soccer golf which are just fun ways of having golf continue to stay mm-hmm. front of mind I like everywhere you go golf skateball mark two really you want we to go could back do to it? we could do a golf decathlon mm-hmm. so it's really about just that. about saying what else could golf mix with that would allow the allow us to continue to actually work on our skills and particularly if you if it's all using golf clubs is that as was witnessed when you were playing golf tennis on the tennis court there's little these little lob shots, if, you know, you've got five seconds to actually hit a ball, to catch it, return it and hit it, yet you and Kipper were both opening the faces of the wedges to get little touch shots or closing the faces down to hit little low ones. It was the best short game demonstration I've seen well, in some time. Well, you had a pretty good – you were in a good position to see it in its whole entirety, whereas we – I've got to be honest, it was one of the more fun little challenges that we've come up with. I was a bit – I was suspect about it. Were you? Yeah, I was because I did can it how many times before, before we did But was that because it wasn't but, your idea? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But I'll be honest, it was genuinely fun, really good for the fitness. It was fantastic. So, I know. I heard you blowing. I'm yeah. tipping that you're fitter now than and you were. And then we started the game. But it was fa- absolutely magnificent. We've gonna, we're going to have to invent more of these. I like it, Phil. I like your game changes. People get out there, come up with some new games. Let us know about it. That's so right. That Give we us can copy suggestions. It and see if we can if, if we can somehow make some coin off it, or just steal them. So one thing I will recommend to everyone: if you do want to play golf tennis, don't rehearse a serve with a golf club pretending that it's a tennis racket. Because mm. what you'll find is the weight in the head might yeah. accelerate a little bit too quick. And I'm not saying that anyone would have done this between no. you and Kipper, and it wasn't you. Yeah. But what you're going to end up doing is following through, okay. splitting your looking shin. for the kicker, you know, to the backhand. And potentially splitting your shin open. Yeah, a couple of stitches later. Yeah, yeah. Ah, she'll be right. Yeah, I'm sure it was a hygienic sand iron. No, absolutely. Because certainly the conditions weren't. <laughs> it was fun. Now, Phil, we do love our products in here. It's time for a bit of gear effect. Anything that jumps out for you? Yeah, there's one thing that jumped out for me, Ooh. Damien, and thank you for asking. Please be more patronising. <laughs> I love my golf equipment, and you know, you are a blade man, I'm a blade man. We like blades. We are blade runners. You have the courage to use them, I don't have the courage to use them. But there was a courage, time- stupidity. Mm. There was a time in young Phil's life where young Phil did use them. That was called the 50s. And I was reminded, I was reminded in the last couple of weeks of a set of blades that were my favourites, mm-hmm. but are tucked in a garage. 
deep so that the dirty thieves who robbed my parents' place can't get to them. Those dirty thieves. And yeah, yeah, we'll find you. Anyway, that, that's by the by. This gear effect is not about no police monitoring. This is about this is about blade iron. So anyway, I saw an article that was written that referred to golf clubs that Tiger Woods used as an amateur in 1992 and 1993. Mm -hmm. This is prior to him turning pro, so there was always this, well, he used Titleist and he used Mizuno, but there was this unknown period where he used a set of irons called the Daiwa DG273s, which have a really strong Australian link. Ah. So DG. Graham. David Graham. No, he's Australian. David Graham. Graham. 273, which was his winning score in the 1981 US Open at Merriam. Is that what they were named after? That's yeah. awesome. So DG273, and it was an iron that he was involved in collaborating with. And these things <clears throat> are magnificent. Some more Australian history about the DG273 iron. This isn't your history lesson time, Phil. No, I know. But the, just the excitement of me reminding myself or being reminded of exactly how pure these things were, and I am going to go and get them out, and I'm going to get them reshafted because they're coming back. Mm -hmm. Ian Baker Finch, 91 Open Championship. IBF. DG273. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So, and these irons were absolutely pure. So there was, a, there was a post that was on social and a couple of comments around it, and it reminded me that in my garage I have got sitting a set of DG273 irons with a delightful, really old, really, really old craggy um, cord grip, but I need to rejuvenate them and, and bring them back to life because these things were, were butter knives. But the history of them, the fact that they, they yeah. became Tiger's iron, I knew the DG273 bit and the Ian Baker Finch connection, but now they're even more special. I'm going to give them some love again. And once you've got them prepared, considering you can't hit them, send them my way. Yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll I'll make sure I clean the hosels for yeah, you. please do. So that was, my, that was my gear effect. It was actually just remembering equipment from the past and exactly how pure they are. DG273. It's funny that you mentioned that, Phil, because mine this week is also a throwback to yesteryear, hickory sticks. And the reason that these things are on my mind is – Played with a guy, the flusher that we've talked about. He actually was playing with hickory sticks, and and the whole thing, whole thing around the um, the things that I loved most about these. I mean, they've got no grooves, they don't spin nearly as much. They're just awesome. But he was flushing them with these old clubs that he's had reshafted. He's meticulously, he's gone around and found them in places that had had the you know wooden shafts put in that are still stiff, which was a surprise to me. It was very, very cool, and I'm. I haven't played around with hickory sticks, so no, I've never hit. I've we, never hit one. We need to do this because he had so much fun. He just made the game a little bit more challenging to a degree, but that was part of the excitement for him. And and it's also a, a real respect of the history of the game that I think is awesome. I loved it. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, and we had the old school versus new school challenge with you and Kipper, but this is about taking it to the next level, and I love that. I, I love the fact that we'll continue to, and this is the Baroness bit, we'll always pay homage to the past and where the game has come from and try and touch it and taste it because, again, there's not many sports where you get that opportunity. So we'll continue to do that, and, in fact, we'll, we'll get a few and we'll go down to the range and we'll just see what life was like, even with modern golf balls, but I'm sure I've got something old that I didn't lose back in the day. Phil, I like it. I like mixing golf with things. Speaking of mixing things, it's time for some golf tipples, Phil. How good was that for a segue? You should do this for an amateur. <laughs> yes. Now, in honour of the great man who formerly hosted the Bay Hill Invitational, the King Arnie Arnold Palmer, well, today we're actually going to have the drink that was coined after him, one that he loved. So, Phil, not going to have any alcohol in it, so I can- Yeah, I, it's a concern. You can I'm a bit flat. But let's get it. Let's get it cracking. What have we got? We've, um, got, well, we've got a combination of ingredients. Some, and it's we two. have two of them. <laughs> iced tea. Uh, and, and forgive us if we're doing wrong. So we've got some iced tea. Oh, nice. 
Not really. <laughs> no, that looks – well, it's icy and it's tea. Yeah. And on top of it, Wait I'm going to put a little mixture, which I'm going to call my homemade lemonade. That would be misleading and deceptive yeah. because it appears that it's a bottle of Schwemm's. It does. <laughs> but I'm going to call this my homemade lemonade. So in a and case- I spent hours growing the lemons. Do you want to know something funny, Phil? I've known about this drink for ever and a day and I've never had one. No, that's because it doesn't have alcohol in it. Come on, Phil. That's only half true. Yeah, All right. The other half is true cheers as well. So to cheers Arnie. to Arnie. To Arnie. Look, it could do with some gin. It could do with some gin. A shot of vodka or two. Yeah, I'll be honest. We'll explore that. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I don't, I don't really get the hype, Phil. <laughs> what are no, we going to do? What no, are we going to do? It's a very hot day. I mean, it's not. But if it were a very hot day and were that to have been homemade lemonade and a properly brewed tea, iced tea, we'd really be enjoying this. Given the circumstances, I think it probably needs some alcohol and we are going to make it our mission fair bit. to work out which alcohol That's a gin. goes best with it. And it's been declared as gin and that was the end of golf tipples. Well, actually, before <laughs> we do, I just want a, a little bit of useless trivia for oh, you, Phil. yes. A little useless trivia. Arnold Palmer. 10th of September was his birthday. Same as the big fella sitting opposite you now, hey? Hey. And uh, also Brooke Henderson. So there you go. We have eight majors between us. So um, I thought that was a nice bit of- And he has an umbrella as his logo and I have an umbrella. Wow. Moving along. The coincidences just keep We are going to get into (laughs) some Baron-esque behaviour. Phil, what have you got for us? I know we're, we're pretty excited this week. We're excited. We're excited because, Damien, at the end of this week, depending on when you listen to this, we are getting on a little Pilatus jet, all eight of us, including two at the front facing backwards, including two at the front facing backwards, and work experience kid, that's just one of your things that goes with what you get to do. Unlucky. And we're flying out of Moorabbin Airport in Melbourne, and we are on our way to King Island. Yes, a and, royal trip. And potentially we, we have brought this up before and it doesn't matter because this is excitement. And we talk about Baroness behaviour. I'm not sure what can get more Baronesque than good company in a very enclosed space with a hope that no one's coughing and spluttering or potentially has been to Huanin province recently. Bless you. Going down to play three rounds of golf, Ocean Dunes and two at Cape Wickham, staying, at Cape, staying at Cape Wickham. And there's a few things we're going to do while we're there. It's going to be fun. Along with the little gift pack. And one of the joys of this was to say, well, how do we Baronesque up the trip? Well, it starts with a little bit of a, a nice gift as a thank you to the, for the people. And there won't, be any, it won't be an Arnold Palmer drink. That's what I'm saying. It would be fair to say Arnold Palmer. Well, it might become an Arnold Palmer. Even though it is King Island, Phil. Oh, you just get better and better. You, the, you are like a something that gets better with age. What was that about wit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thomas Bjorn, I'm not. So, but we've got King on Dairy. So forgetting the golf, and the golf will be outstanding. So for one, we've checked the Uber ratings of everyone going. Uh, the Uber all golf. Above, so all above 4.8. They're all 4.8. Present well, company excluded. Yeah, work experience kids are 4.1, but he's working on that. He's getting a couple of rounds in this week. He's experiencing to, work. Yeah, just to sharpen himself up. So we're all, we're, they are all 4.8s. We are aspiring to be 4.8s. We've got so three rounds of outstanding golf mm-hmm. on two golf courses that are now ranked inside the top 100 in the world. For We've whatever got, that's worth. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> as, as golf courses, we'll get on to that. We've got uh, King on Dairy. 
Mm-hmm. We will sample some of the local seafood. We will sample oh, some of the local some beef. Crayfish. It, it, it's just. But it's about the fun. It's about yeah. getting out with mates and having fun. And we're going to have an absolutely ripping trip. Put it's together an outstanding trivia quiz. Oh, trivia. That'll oh, be dear. gold. That'll be gold. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you've got to let the mind go. And luckily for me, when I wrote it, it wasn't after an Arnold Palmer. There you go, Phil. Goodbye, you. Now, Phil, prediction time. Crystal balls. Is there anything that we've said in the last few weeks, not likely, but anything that we've predicted that's come true? That Damien, you, you are seer of things at a level that- Nostradamus? Yes. I'm just going to let that settle. He's dropping his own name now, folks. He's the reverse kipper. He's the anti-kipper. I'm the anti-kipper. Um, so, Damien, it would be fair to suggest that when you brought up as part of Crystal Balls that you felt that corona and the hysteria around corona- Very early on very early on, would cause the cancellation of a couple of key golf events in China. They have been delayed, not cancelled, but I'm going to declare them as another tick. Delay- delayed. Delayed's pretty good yeah, because there's no question they're going to be cancelled. So, oh, Damien, Nostradamus, congratulations. Tick. That's your tick. second one going well. that's come to fruition. Two out of two. Very good. So I'm going to ride on your coattails with this one for my crystal balls. And as I am always. going to, because I just can't think of anything really good, And my imagination is not like yours. So I'm going to declare that the Open Championship this year Mm. will be played without crowds. Crowdless. A crowdless open. Crowdless open. open, The first crowdless open ever. So the open will be closed to the public. Eh? The irony. Wow. Due to coronavirus. Mm. Or the fact that maybe all the accommodation will be booked for a conference or something in the area. But I'm thinking more likely corona. Because the fear-mongering, when we're talking about all the doom and gloom and everything else to go along with these mild flu-like symptoms that, oh, look, I'm not a doctor, I won't, I'll stop there. But we might as well just keep running with this and say, look, at Why some not? stage we may well just close the world down for a couple of months and put us all into a hibernation just until it all blows over. But I'd, yes, be lying. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit disappointed in you that you couldn't come up with something fresh, you had to jump on the back of my, my predictions that are coming true. But, mm. yeah. you know, that's starting to get used to it, Phil, starting to get used to it. Are you suggesting, Damien, that I plagiarise where I can? For example, your country name game that we yes. played after a couple of sherbets at Chum Creek when we are doing the filming. We will have to play that down at uh, King Island because I'll tell you what, we'll get a few few giggles around that. Anyway, interesting prediction, Phil. I don't think it's that bold, quite frankly, but we'll see. But i tell you what I do see happening later on in the year. This is a great year for golf. We love Ryder Cups. We're we Ryder do Cup love people. We love Ryder Cups. President's Cups. And we're not and even we on a side. Ryder Cups. Well, not really. Hmm. I'm going to call it that this Ryder Cup will be the most divisive ever. Yes. Us ever. versus them. Ever. Ever. And it's all because of your boy, Azinja. Azinja. All these comments. He will, that is He's like, done it. He's lit a fire that was just waiting. It, all the fuel was there, Phil. It was building up. It was building up. He's thrown the match on. The Europeans are going to be burning effigies of him on the first tee. This, this, at Whistling Straits I'm talking about, this is game on. This is not going to be a nice, fun, jovial kind of contest. This is going to get quite vitriolic. It's going to get nasty. And we're going to sit back and we're going to enjoy it. I think Azinja's still a little bit pissed off about what happened with Seve at the 91 Ryder Cup think it was, where Seve tried to call a penalty on them because the Americans, knowing that it was against the rules, did change the compression of the golf ball they were using a couple of times during the round. But anyway, we won't worry about that right now. But as you say, if things weren't already going to be hyped up enough, mm. and then he's gone sprinkle, sprinkle. So Gavrilo Princip, 
Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> fired the shot that was heard around the world. World War One, And certainly Franz Ferdinand didn't enjoy it. Paul Ozinja. He's written some good songs since, though. Paul, Paul Ozinja has just fired, what are we up to? Hang on, then we had Gene Sarazen. Maybe the fourth or fifth shot that'll be heard around the golf world because it's just going to be gold. It's just going to be gold. And yes, we are still waiting for our invitation. But when we get our invitation there, we are going to have to choose sides, Damien. And given mm. and given the fact that you love Europe, you can have Europe. And given the fact that my family lived in Chicago for a mm. while and my sister was born in Chicago, I am going to also have Europe. So we're going to go head to head. Oh wow! No, I said I'm also going to have Europe because. Wait, I, just I wasn't to, listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I drifted. Once again, you've moved on to Whistling Straits. I'm thinking of <laughs> yeah, that's history. Right. You've moved on to Whistling Straits and away we go. But it'll be fantastic. I mean, the event is always awesome, yeah. but it's just going to be, and I don't know if this is a word, awesomer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's not yeah. a word, which Thank is why you. we're going to keep using it and that's we'll right. uh, trademark that. Phil, that'll be, that'd be a dream to get to it the Ryder Cup. It would be a dream, which is a perfect segue into our dreaming segment. And- a couple of weeks ago now, obviously last week we didn't – you didn't – you failed. You failed in your attempt to, yes, to deliver on um, on your letter for the week, which I believe was I. It, it was I, and I was asked to come up with a golf I, course. I, as in I, was very disappointed with your effort of trying to find a course that mm. began with I because yep. you, in fact, didn't do yep. that after yep. declaring that you had. And because uh, I really just wanted to go and stay – at the Ungersan, yes. so I was looking for any reason to bring it up. Not paying it. So, Phil, I'm giving you a second crack yes, at your dreaming you this week, you and are. I really hope you've prepared. Oh, Tell me you're prepared. prepared. Where have are we I'm going? We're going to Italy. No, no, no. That's the country. That's the country. You had to come up with a course that began with I, Phil. We're, we're, not, we're not doing this again. There are, We're going to Sardinia. There's two I's in that. Oh, man. Are you ready? No, no, Damien. Go with me. Go Work with me. We're almost there. I'm we're trying. almost there. Is Arenas... Golf club. Bless you. Is in Sardinia. Oh, this is a – what's it called? Yeah, is Arenas. How do you spell that? Well, that actually sounds a bit more Spanish. It does. How is do Arenas. It? How do you spell it? Uh, is, I-S, Arenas. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is this real? Is this A-R-E-A-N-A-S. Now, oh. you're ready. I'm oh. just going to go with this because this is how much preparation okay, I've done. Okay, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to be Designed wowed. by – Designed by. Hey, did you enjoy the Ryder Cup in Paris? Hey, when was that? What year Last was that, year? Phil? Uh, 2018. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go on. Do you enjoy the golf course? I love fantastic. It. Didn't it? Golf National, Paris. Yeah, yeah. Great Le, golf course. Le National. The guy who designed that mm. also designed this. So Robert Van Haggy. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Van Haggy. So <laughs> we're playing so in his arenas. So wooded, it's actually a split with some sand dunes and everything else, but we've got pines. Yeah. And we've got beaches and we've got dunes, but what sort of trees are there, Damien? You're going to love this. What's your favourite spirit? Favourite? Wow, that's a scotch. No, no, no it's wrong. Something what's else. another favourite spirit? What's, what's, what's my favourite? Gin. Are you gin. Say? There you go. Gin. Right, Damien, right. Juniper trees. Juniper trees. Ah, yeah. Juniper trees. Main, yeah. main ingredient in gin. Yeah, well done on that. That was Botanical. what I was kind of implying, but yeah. you just came out and stated it. So we're going to play at Isarinus. You've said that. In Sardinia. You've said that. We're going to stay at the Forest Guest House at Isarinus Golf Club. Of course. Because it looks magnificent and it's set amongst, you'd never believe this. Juniper trees. The forests. Yeah, it's not quite an echo resort, but, you know, we try our best. What are we going to eat there, Damien? Well, we're in Italy, so we know the food's going to be good. Yeah. So we're going to eat a seafood 
fregola with saffron, which are little semolina balls. Delicious. Yeah. With clams, prawns and saffron. Did you know that Sardinia is a major source in Italy of saffron? No. But you know now. And this is one of the great things about golf dreaming. Make sure this is in your uh, quiz. So we're going to go and see some other words I'm about to destroy. So we're going to go and see the nuraghi. Nuraghi. Oh, <laughs> you're going to start a war. Nuraghi. Bronze Age rock structures from about 1500 BC. Yeah. This is Bronze Age, man. This is yeah. when they were doing it tough. None of this Wi Fi rubbish. No. This is when people were real people. I was going to say when men were men. There's, there wasn't an outrage culture there, Phil, because you didn't have time to be outraged. We are specifically going to go and see, as I read off here, Sunaraxi, Nuroge, Barimini. Do you know what we're going to drink? And now I'm now you've piqued my interest, Phil. We're going to drink a myrtleberry liqueur called Mirto. Myrtleberry? No, not myrtleberry. Well, it is myrtleberry liqueur. Mirto. Mm. Mirto. Mm. Mirto. Let's so, so let's say we've got to stay. We're staying at the Forastia degli Olivi, or the Forest Guest House. You've said this. Yeah, yeah. gold. Eating, seeing, drinking, playing, bang, gone, done, dreaming, fill, I, golf course, yes, out. Finished. Wow. You, Damien, you. What about you? What so, have you got for so, us? So what letter did I roll, Phil? I rolled I rolled an L. You rolled an L. And I said it had to be a country starting yeah. with? L. Funnily enough. <laughs> Name some countries that start with L, Phil. Latvia. Ooh, bang. That's where we're going, Seriously? old boy. Seriously? Oh, yes. <laughs> Not Lithuania because Latvia, well known for its golf course. <laughs> but wait. Wait for it. I'm taking us to a golf club called Ozo Golf Club. Ozo. Was this designed by Pekka to Skander? No, Pekka has nothing to do with it. There's no Pekkas involved here, Phil. Ozo Golf Club. This was, and it's, so this is just, uh, it's about 20 minutes outside of Riga, which is Latvia's capital, which I'm sure yeah, yeah. you knew. I did know that. Good. You were quite good on the old geography. But here's, here's a little thing about it. This thing used to be a rubbish tip, this area. Yeah. And now it's been converted into an 18-hole championship course. Um, it's got this amazing contoured bunkering. It's you know subtle mounding and tree-lined framed holes. It's a really picturesque course. It hosts the Baltic tournament annually, which you'd know well. It's a yeah. very popular pro event with Northern Europeans. Elliot now, Bolt Now, won this it. club, Phil, Ozo, Ozo. Ozo. Was opened in two thousand and two, yes. and it is owned. And it was the I, and it was the whole concept. Concept was by by retired Latvian ice hockey player who I'm sure you've actually heard of. Mick, no, Sanders Ozelinch. Seriously, from no the joke. um, yep. from the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche. Yes, I'm not sure if you actually he didn't play for the Ottawa Senators at any stage. I don't believe he did. Uh, did you do any research? Mm, a little bit. <laughs> Avalanche and then um, San Jose Sharks. I think he finished somewhere else. I can't quite remember. But so he's the, he's the all time leader for goals, assists, points, and games played by a Latvian in the NHL. And he holds several Col- Avalanche records as well as San Jose Sharks, which I mentioned. Part of the '95 '96 Colorado Avalanche t- side. He is beloved in Latvia. This guy is a superstar in Latvia. All our North American sports fans would be well well aware of who he is. So, you know, a bit like Happy Gilmore, Phil, he's a hockey player, but he's playing golf today. Are you dreaming of an athlete, Damien? Can we get back to what you dreamed about? Because it's a lovely story. It's a lovely biography. cool? Yeah, it's great. Designed by? Yeah. Rob Swedberg. Not really. Yeah. Not Picker Talanda. No, no picker. Well, Rob Swedberg, who I'm sure you're well aware yeah, of his work. Stefan Swedberg's brother. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> now, Latvia. 
really, really historic place. Here's some things that we're going to do. It's a very historical and cultural city. So what we're going to do while we're there is we're going to visit the old centre of Riga, right on the back of the, now I may mispronounce yeah. this, Dalgava River. Oh, now this thing is a UNESCO World Heritage, Heritage Site. Yeah. But then we're going to walk around and we're going to, we're going to spend some time in, in Riga City. There's cobblestone streets, really old houses and churches and and this sort of stuff, but it's also nowadays it's been it's been turned into a, a really cool restaurant night spot sort of precinct. So we're going to get out on the town. We're yeah. going to get out yeah. on the town, and we're going to we're going to have a dance in Riga. Yeah, we're going to dance in Riga. Yeah, yeah, yes, sure. Anyway, are we planning on eating or drinking anything while we're there, Damien? We are. We're well, that would eat. be nice because I'm a little bit hungry. We're going to go a bit cultural. We're going to yeah, eat. That's the rule. Roll mops. Roll mops. Morgan Kumvita. Yeah. And pirags. Really. Do you know how I know these things? How do you know those things? Because my wife's family's from Latvia. Bang. Roll mops. Think, think of uh, schnitzel wrapped with some dill cucumbers. Oh, awesome. Morgan Convita. Morgan Convita Loca was a song, wasn't it, by Ricky Bobby? What's his name? <laughs> the meat pancakes. Meat pancakes. Meat pancakes. Pancake parlour need to pancakes. be onto this. Meat wrapped in pancakes, bit of sauce. Unbelievably tasty. These so it's awesome. like a beef Wellington wrapped in a pancake instead of no, it's pastry. Really no, it's it's no no no. It's it's more like a mince. Oh, right. Good, very yeah, very. No, good. it sounds really and pierogs. These are my favourite things on yeah, the yeah. planet. To lie on to dough with bacon and onion inside it. Oh, still, I'm getting excited. We're having pierogs, but more importantly, we must quench our thirst, Phil. Yeah. So while we're there, we're going to have Riga's black balsam. Yeah, yeah, as you would. It's a thick black alcoholic herbal drink. And this thing's been produced since the 1700s. 1700s. So we've got some history here yeah, to this. Yeah, it's proven over time. Over it's going time. to be magnificent. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost over your time, quite frankly. Yeah. But here's, here's what it's made with. Hello, is everyone, you're still Ginger. with us out there, aren't Phil, you? Phil, stay with me. Ginger. Ginger. Bit of orange peel. Cognac. Hey, hey, come in with me. Come with me. And you can also throw in some other things like vodka and whatever else. Anyway, it's a mix of a lot of things. It's uh, used as a good cold remedy like yeah. all national drinks should be. It's just alcoholic and it's good. No one ever feels like they've got the flu when they're drunk, Damien. We're going to Latvia, Phil. We're going well to done. Latvia. Well done. Okay, you've passed. That's my L. You've passed. At least I gave you something. I've managed to be disrespectful to your dreaming again. Yeah, why not? But at least you passed the challenge. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Latvia, we're away. So what we need to do is roll for is, next week. You ready? Okay. All right. I'm writing down. Phil is rolling for me. What have I got? Damien, the letter P. P. Now, P for you, Damien, will be, yeah, no, no, you can have a country. Again. Country. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you what, You're this would be a one of proper dreaming. Don't give me any of your rubbish dreaming. What was wrong with my dreaming? Right. I'm just telling you, this is a warning shot across your bow that come up with something that's far more entertaining. Latvia and Lithuania, the only L's I could find. What else is there? Laos. What about, what's wrong with Lesotho Golf Club? But it had to be a country. Yeah, that's a good point. What about- you make it more difficult. I did make You're it more difficult. You're a clown. Right, Phil, I'm going to roll. And you, my friend, have R. You need to learn to roll better. And give me an R. What, talk to me about the R, Damien. Are there any provisos no, on the I R? Want, Nothing. I want you, Let the mind go. I want you to get the most interesting thing that you can find with R for your Damien. Oh, it's got to be interesting. Right. Yeah, well, it'd be a start. Oh, so you don't have to play by the same rules as me then? Apparently not. 
All right, done. Done. All right, let's Thank move. You. Time for a history lesson from you, Phil. To finish things up, is there anything exciting you've got for us? No, there's not. Right, there's actually cool. nothing exciting, but this is a genuine history lesson, and this doesn't relate to golf, but relates to somewhere that we're going, which is down to King Island. And it's a really important and very brief, everybody, so relax, history lesson like about brief. King Island, about how lucky we are to have two absolutely fabulous golf courses down at King Island. And for all our international listeners, you really – this is bucket list mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I mean, these are, these are great golf courses to go and play. But this is just a little bit of a, a snapshot of history of King Island. And I mean a very little bit because really there's only one thing I want to talk about. So King Island has a lot of mining on it. This is my loose golf link. They mine shelite. Bless you. And which is a type of tungsten. And they use tungsten in golf equipment. And there you go. Yeah. Do they use that tungsten in golf that's equipment? The, that's the connection. Or okay. Not sure. But here we go. World War II, the conversation really is around how close in World War II did Australia come or did the enemy forces come to making it to Australia? And I mainly mean both Japan and Germany. So did you know, Damien, that a ship was commandeered in – now I'm just trying to think where it was up in Asia – that was carrying fuel and designated as a fuel-carrying ship to come into the Melbourne port? The Germans commandeered it. And sailed it the whole way because it was on the registry, having changed its name the whole way along the Bass Strait, dropping 100-ton landmines through Bass Strait, which caused one of the sinking of of a US ship, which actually was the first trigger of – one of the first triggers of saying, hmm, this might be a little bit of game on here. Don't ask me the name. Was it the Lusitania? No, where was that? That was – I can't – the connection, because right. we're in different states yeah. as we're recording this podcast. Yeah, sure we are, Phil. I'm not. You really sent- haven't done your research yet. <laughs> no, I have, because my research was not around that and was not around the Germans. My research was around the Japanese. Did you know, Damien, that in World War II, an I-25 Japanese sub sailed into Cape uh, Wickham at the northern end of mm. King Island? Just off Cape Wickham, the sub assembled a plane, which is called the Yokosuka float plane, they then launched that. So they took that out of a hangar, a, a, a sealed hangar at the, st- the front of the submarine, and they launched it and flew the plane as a reconnaissance plane over Tasmania, over Williamstown, over Melbourne, wow, over Avalon as a, as a bit of a loop over Geelong, and took reconnaissance photos from it, including at one stage, reportedly, it was covered. It had cloud cover to fly around, and it needed to come beneath the cloud cover, and it was reported above the RWF airbase that they saw a plane flying low with a Japanese symbol and the red dot, red circle on the side of the plane. But at that point in time, the guns were actually getting cleaned and were out of action, so they couldn't take action against the plane, but they were aware of it flying over doing reconnaissance. It then, this float plane then flew back to Cape Wickham, landed in the ocean, was disassembled and put back in the submarine, and the submarine subsequently then sailed towards the western coast of the USA ahead of Pearl Harbor. So Australia, we we wonder how close the war actually came to us. In Australia, we always feel that we're isolated and a long way away from everything. We know that Darwin Darwin was bombed and we know that miniature subs made it into Sydney Harbour. But down south. But down south, we always think, oh, we're a long way away. They they never came down here. They flew over Melbourne. The Japanese flew over Melbourne and took reconnaissance photos of where the ships, they wanted to see where the ships were in port. They wanted to know what was going on and then flew it all the way back down to Cape Wickham, which is where we're going. And when we're there in a few days' time, we'll be able to actually see the cove where the submarine stopped and launched the seaplane and away we went, which I think is an incredible – it's just incredible how close 
and how... How unknown it, that is as well. Yeah, and just how, because a lot of the defences were rudimentary, because again, Australia felt that, well, they're never going to come down south, we're just too far away. And as a result of that, they set up stations to monitor activity from Wilson's Promontory the whole way around the coast, because they thought that was a little bit too close for comfort. And so my history lesson today is actually about the role that Cape Wickham played in our war history. And you know me, I love my war history. There so you go, Phil. Thank, thank you, Philip. A very short lesson, Damien. Isn't that short? And on that note, we'll finish the show today. Special thanks to Ping and the new G710 Irons for sponsoring today's podcast. Long and forgiving and unbelievably sharp looking. Make sure to go and check them out. And also be sure to sign up at baronslife.com to get all of our podcast updates, access to season one of Golf Barons, the show, which will be released for free for a limited time shortly, and also to read Barons Life Golf and Lifestyle Magazine, the freshest golf mag on the planet. Thank you once again, Philip, for stepping in. Oh, thank you, Damien, for me being here. It's been good. Until next time, add some swagger to your swing.